Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge. And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now. Okay, well, welcome to today's episode of the Recruitment Flex. Um, I'm Shelly, and I have my talented and handsome co-host, Serge. Serge, how are you? Well, I love it when you say I'm handsome. <laughs> I just love it because it's so true. I know I'm kidding. Um, pretty exciting episode. So yeah. we have, we're talking about the challenges that the industry, the staffing industry is going through. So that's that's going to be a lot of fun, a lot yeah. of different perspective. We have some uh, we have some guests that are extremely knowledgeable. So how about I just jump in and introduce those okay, guests and go then search. we can get right into it. So okay, go. first of all, we have Kim Wilkinson, who I call the queen of LinkedIn with 27,000 connections. My God, like, is that all you do? So really impressive, Kim. Uh, Kim is the director of recruitment at the Verve Recruitment Group. Um, welcome, Kim. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Excited to have you on board. So second, we have Ahmed Borhat. So Ahmed is the regional operations leader at Manpower Alberta. He's been recruitment. He's been at Manpower for what, seven years now? Just under seven years. Yeah. Welcome, Ahmed. Pleasure to have you here, buddy. And then last but not least in any way we have uh katrin erickson so katrin is the general manager for the energy resourcing group um here in canada so welcome katrin and katrin too i should add has 19 years experience in the recruitment industry both on the corporate and the staffing side so really impressive a lot of experience on this panel so hopefully we're able to give the audience some knowledge that they didn't know before so welcome katrin thank you so much this is going to be awesome yes well welcome everyone um so with that um i'm going to start off with our, our first topic and something that um i think everyone is talking about right now but it seems like I've certainly not found a spot where anybody's, you know, giving me any sort of collective data. So I think with our three guests today, um, yeah, like I'm so looking forward to your sharing of, of kind of what you're seeing in the marketplace. And so, you know, with <clears throat> with um, COVID and people beginning to return to work here in Canada, um, <clears throat> it's, I mean, nobody really knows what to expect, right? But um, based on what you're seeing, and, and if I may, Catherine, can I start with you? And I just sure. want to know, um, you know, we know what to expect. I mean, I'm like you many years in both corporate and, and um, staffing world side. Um, supply and demand. Can you speak to what you see happening? I know there's a perception out there about supply. For sure. And <laughs> what, it, what, is, uh, what is it that you're seeing here in Canada? through the energy resourcing group. For sure. So, you know, we're kind of seeing a bit of a mixed bag. Um, I'm sure you can appreciate that depending on what industry or sector that you're targeting. I mean, obviously, we all know that you know, oil and gas, unfortunately, has just been hammered. I mean, yeah. it's it's mm-hmm. been devastated, to say the least. So, yeah. you know, one of the strategies that we've had over the last several years is really to try to diversify 
the industries that we serve. And so where we're seeing huge opportunities, I'm sure it's no surprise to anyone, is in the tech or emerging technology space. Mm -hmm. um, there, you know, as you said, you know, the, the news out there, a lot of it is doom and gloom. No one make, seems to make money off of good news stories. But, uh, you know, what we're seeing is there's pockets of opportunities. Um, you know, if you follow things like uh, Start Alberta, it's got a listing of all the new startups happening. And there is huge investment, like multi-millions, billions of dollars mm -hmm. coming into into Alberta so you know are have we been impacted yes I mean in certain pockets for sure um, we are a wholly owned subsidiary of Worley and so you know our connection to oil and gas and EPC um, obviously that has been impacted and we're seeing you know a drop-off in you know opportunities in terms of permanent and contract recruitment um, right now but we are optimistic and we are hoping that you know, down the road, six months down the road that, you know, we're expecting a bit of an uptick and things to start okay. kind of turning around. So, okay. I'm curious, Catherine. So obviously recruiting in the tech industry and recruiting in the energy um, sector is, is completely different as far as the type of talent, the approach, how, uh, how have you found trying to adjust uh, to the tech industry? Well, and that's a great question because that's something that I think we often come up against. You know, if you're ever looking to pivot or, you know, recruit in other sectors, um, you know, it's a question that we often get. But I think, you know, a lot of people find that if they've been in recruitment for quite some time, you know, yes, there is a different strategy. There's a different approach, different key, keyword searches. But at the end of the day, um, the bottom line is the approach to recruitment and how we engage with candidates, how we you know, use social media and advertising and different, you know, methods of reaching out to people, the fundamentals are the same. So I think at the end of the day, it's, it's our approach, our methodology and how we, how we do recruitment, mm -hmm. that whether we're, you know, working in the tech space or oil and gas, it's very similar. It might shift and ebb and flow. And yes, you might, you know, have more challenges. Certainly right now we're working with a, a startup uh, energy tech company in San Diego, and they're competing against the Amazons and the Googles and the Facebooks of the world. So the approach has to be very different. Mm -hmm. um, but I think one thing, you know, that COVID has done for companies, it is opening up and sort of leveling the landscape and enabling companies to start looking at different markets. So instead of, you know, we're encouraging clients to say, hey, you know, maybe instead of just looking for talent in California, expand your horizons. Why don't you look in other markets where, you know, you don't have as much uh, competition for talent, salaries are not going to be as high, things like that. So I think it is allowing companies to start being a little bit more creative that way too. So. Oh, that's so good to hear. So good to hear. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Cause I know I, for sure, I think it, it, it is um, the, I think the, the unexpected benefit of having been in COVID if, if we're looking for silver linings. So mm -hmm. um, can I toss that same question over to you, Ahmed? Um, what are you seeing in terms of candidate supply versus demand? And, and so what I'm thinking is, if I could, I mean, I keep getting asked, um, oh, well, there's tons of people on the market. There's tons of talent. You know, I have, you know, clients that that are maybe looking for, you know, very niche skills. And they're like, oh, I'm sure there's tons of them furloughed. And I'm like, don't know about that. What, what are you seeing, Ahmed? Yeah, so we're, we call it the skills. Uh, we're in the skills revolution right now. There's a major skills gap. So in terms of supply, 
I would say there is a substantial amount of candidates on the market looking for work, yeah. but it's, it comes back to the skills gap. What employers are looking for doesn't match what the skills of the candidates and job seekers are. And I think that's the biggest problem we're running into. And so that's the mindset change of the employer and the job seeker. Job seeker, we're trying to create these programs and give them the assets and resources to get them the skills that are needed for these more niche jobs and into industries that are hiring. Um, Because even with everything going on with COVID the last three months and even going forward, there are industries that are hiring. It's just a matter of understanding where the in-demand skill sets are and, and, and getting your what your skill sets are, getting you into the position to get those, those jobs that are available. From the employer side, though, too, it's also a requirement change. There's a lot of requirements that, are, that our employers are looking for that you might not be able to find that perfect candidate right away. So having to actually find someone and, and almost give them a chance based on soft skills versus technical skills. So in terms of supply, there is supply out there for candidates and job seekers, but it's, it's that skills gap I think we're having the hardest problem with. What's the biggest skill set missing right now? What are, what are you hearing? Well, from we did a survey not too long ago, just in February, if you, right before COVID. And the biggest skill gap, the skill that people are missing is actually soft skills. So employers were saying they take problem solving, interpersonal skills, communication skills, critical thinking. Those are the kind of skill sets that, that, that employers are hiring for. Um, obviously, right now, the most in-demand skills IT, Catherine touched on this, IT tech automation is a big in-demand skill set right now. Um, even supply chain, um, blockchain, these kind of new softwares and programs that are coming in. Um, but the biggest message we're getting from employers, from surveys and research we've done at Manpower is that soft skills are the number one thing employers are looking for that is kind of hard to to source for I guess you would say without meeting somebody and and connecting with somebody because a resume won't tell you everyone's resume will have those skills on there whether or not they actually have that is a different uh, different story so I would say those soft skills right now seem to be the at the top of the chain of of what's in demand from the employer yeah which is very interesting Interesting. you wouldn't wouldn't think that yeah yeah so Kim um, could I get you to chime in what are your what are you seeing out there? Love, I love chiming in. <laughs> so um, I think it depends on skill set. I mean, I primarily focus on more of that corporate in-office skill set. Yeah. So, I mean, the reality for a lot of those companies are is that businesses continue just in a different way. And so um, while the unemployment numbers, I think, tell a pretty scary story. Mm-hmm. I think what people need to focus on is that a lot of that came from those frontline hospitality businesses that had to get mm-hmm. shut down. Like you think about all the employees at movie theaters, restaurants, hotels, like that's yeah. a huge amount of people mm-hmm. that are necessarily going to translate into yeah. jobs that corporate Calgary is going to be hiring for. And so I would caution hiring managers or internal corporate recruitment to have the attitude of, oh, there's just a ton of talent out there. And, and don't get me wrong. Like, I think there have definitely been some impacts, but um a lot of those are temporary too. Um, you know, I'm always talking to candidates who've been laid off going, is this, is it been temporary or permanent? And I think to myself, if I had a really great position and it was a temporary layoff, would I be immediately jumping and searching for permanent work at this time? I might not be right. And so again, those numbers are going to contribute to the overall unemployment at this current moment. What will that look like a month from now? I don't Mm -hmm. think so. Um, 
I recently just did a recruitment for a, uh, a project piece that I was doing. And I was surprised at how many of the candidates I was reconnecting with who had been called back to work, who had been temporarily laid off. And so we're seeing a lot of that. And then even those candidates that I have out temporarily working right now are being called to more interviews more frequently. So the hiring market is certainly um, picking up for sure. Right. That's like really good insights, Cameron. Yeah, for sure. I want to dig in on something a little bit different. So how about we change subject? I want to go into technology and basically digital transformation. How is it happening in the staffing world? Is it different from yeah. the corporate world on that end? So how about we start? Um, I'll start with you, Ahmed. So what type of tools or technology that you're leveraging right now to to make your, your whole operations more efficient? For sure. So um, there's a couple of main pieces right now we're using. The main three, I would say, are Buffer, Linked Tree, and Crisp. Those are probably the top three. Even I guess you throw HubSpot in there as well. Those That's our CRM, but it yeah. helps us when we release our surveys, getting it out to people. We uh, use HubSpot for that. Um, Linktree is an awesome tool we use. It connects all of our social platforms. It uh, essentially, the biggest uh, component of that, if you post a video, you can put like a teaser on Instagram or Facebook and have a link and it links from the tools Linktree and it shows you all the data of who's seen your video, how long they're watching your video, what kind of links they click on. So it's a very cool tool that kind of gives a lot of backend information. Um, Buffer is our scheduling tool. A lot of people use Hootsuite. I've used Hootsuite. I like Buffer a lot more. It's a lot more user-friendly, a lot more simple. Um, so that's probably a big one. And then our biggest, biggest, biggest one we've been using now for about two years, that's Crisp. It's a live chat. Um, we're probably the only staffing provider that has a live chat that's 24-7 real people. Um, and it's myself and Randy, the CEO of Manpower, and myself who are on that 24-7. So um, it's probably the only place you'll see where you'll have a CEO talking to any single person, um, that comes on. Uh, there's a few other members of the team on there as well, but it's a 24 seven tool we've been using for about a year and a half, two years now. And the return from it has been amazing, especially from the job seeker side. Mm -hmm. Um, we've gotten a handful of employers on there as well, but from the job seeker side, we've gotten hundreds of candidates from it. So I would say, um, crisp is our number one tech tool we're using that I haven't seen anybody else utilize. Um, that I think has made the biggest difference from uh, receiving candidates because adverts, the whole advertising, and I had this conversation with you on the side before Surge, the whole advert game has changed so much where you can't just put an ad up and expect candidates. Um, that whole game has changed where looking at alternative sources and resources is the best way and, and live chat for us has been by far number one. It's funny. So why not a chatbot, Ahmed? Uh, so why is... Uh, yeah, is why live? Yeah, why live? That's amazing. <laughs> because I find like chatbots, a lot of industries, it's easy to have automated messages. You know, if you're calling about like your phone per se, you're calling probably about your phone's not working, a phone bill or something like that. With the staffing world, there's so many questions. You can't have an automated message that answers that you know i mean you can have generic messages here and there but i think it, it helps with the authentic approach of manpower and what we stand for so i i think it helps when someone reaches out asks a question and they don't get uh here click on these 24 questions and we'll get back to you tomorrow the whole point of live chat is it's live and it gives you the insight you're looking for at that given moment so i think the chatbot has benefits um, but I think in our, in our world, a chatbot just doesn't do the job. We tried the chatbot when it first came up, we tried the automated messages and the, 
you know, if you're looking for something like this, click here. If you're looking for this, click here. It just didn't work. It just didn't work. It was causing us more problems and more backend work, to be honest with you, where we tried it this way and it, it works better. Obviously it's crazy because it's 24 seven. We get questions from all over the world at any given time. Um, but it's cool. It's fun for me. I love it. Connecting with, that's a job. Like we're, we're in the people business. That's a job. I love connecting with people and talking to people and, and providing the resources we can. So it's fun. It's, it's time consuming. It's a lot, but it's, it's a game changer for sure. No, interesting. Thanks for providing that. And I, I'm so glad that you mentioned also as far as the AdWord world has changed. And I, I think staffing has been the biggest culprit of not using social in any social manner. Just putting a job on your LinkedIn feed doesn't do anything at all. It actually goes against the principle of social media uh, where you're engaged. And the person that I know that does it the best is actually Kim. Um, so, But Kim, we'll go into that a little bit later when we go into the branding. But curious on your end. So you, you run um, a two-people shop in a sense, so a, a little bit of smaller, but obviously more specialized. Is there any tools that you're leveraging? And when I'm saying tools too, it can be tools on the back end as far as um, like your invoicing, your billing can be on your scheduling, anything particular that's worked really well for you? Yeah, so I'm pretty technologically lame. I'm not going to lie. I hear some of my peers talking about stuff. I'm like, gosh, you guys are cool. Um, and I'm not, but I, I'm very oh, old you're school. Cool, I, you're cool. <laughs> I am. I tell myself that every morning <laughs> in my mantra in the mirror. But my my approach to recruiting and, and sort of with Verve being such a small operation is really kind of back to that basics principle. And I'm a huge proponent of that. And while I do value in introducing technology, and I think especially for people who are doing that higher volume recruitment, which is not something I'm doing, like, don't get me wrong, I've worked, you know, a busy temp desk, and I've used technology that has helped me leverage um, and be able to satisfy those, those uh, client demands. But for what I'm doing, I haven't had the need at this point, and, and that could change over time. I mean, I do have... Um, you know, a, a CRM tool that I use certainly to, to keep that uh, organized. I have a back office organization that I've partnered with that does all my invoicing and my um, accounts receivable and, and things like that because those are definitely not my strong suits. I wish with all my heart that I had an administrator. I miss my full-time admin support. Mm -hmm. So those are areas that I feel like I, you know, if I had some technology, which may come in time, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna be your your lamest answer on for this question. <laughs> no, well, in, in lamest, uh, <laughs> I think the point of having all three all three of you are working in very diverse uh, different groups as well. So it's interesting yeah. to see what smaller, bigger firms what you're leveraging. So I think your answer wasn't lame. Um, <laughs> Thank you. But Shelly thinks otherwise, just by her nodding. But that's fine. Let's just ignore Shelly. Sir, um, that's so mean. God, well, no one can you see take you on mean camera. pills this morning or something. Like, <laughs> what the hell? Well, so, Kim, listen, list I'll, I'll tell you what, because Kim, you know, you and I are of the same kind of size and and being entrepreneurs and um, running the show. Because if if we succeed, then you know it's it's due to your direct efforts. However, I have to say, when it comes to having um, an assistant, uh, they're worth their weight in gold. 
um, I have a virtual assistant and I tell you, I don't know what I'd do without her because it's not admin stuff. She makes it look so easy. Anyways, even though that's low tech, but I'll tell you in terms of efficiency, it's, it's, it's the bomb. She really is. So I can, I can, I can hook her. Yeah. Yes, please do. Let's connect after. <laughs> well, it just Help. frees you up to do what you're great at doing, right? Yeah. Exactly. So. Perfect. Well, Katrin, what's your thoughts? So obviously um, you're, you're doing a shift in, in where you're recruiting, how you're recruiting, but what techni- technology are you leveraging um, in your business? Yeah, no, it's a great question. So it's something that <clears throat> we're kind of in a, in a interesting time right now because we have a new CEO that joined just prior to COVID hitting. And so there's a lot of uh, strategic initiatives internally. And certainly one of them is that we're looking at technology, not just for recruitment, but across the board, to your point, onboarding, accounting, back office, CRM, um, you know, as a global organization, we've all sort of functioned in little silos. Um, up until recently, so now we're we're a lot better at collaborating, and we're looking at systems more on a on a global broader scale, which I think is fantastic because we want to have more consistency. And if you're looking at a global organization, it helps from a, obviously from a, a price point too, right? So if you can get that economy of scale. Mm-hmm. So right now, I mean, we're using some of the traditional ones, the links, LinkedIn, all the social platforms. Uh, we're using LinkedIn Recruiter. Um, for uh, our ATS, we use Job Science, which is a bullhorn company. Mm-hmm. But we're also developing, um, it has been developed, but it's being um, updated and obviously different versions and things like that coming out of Ion4, which is our own proprietary applicant tracking system. And it's very much focused on that technical space within the energy sector. Um, so it's something that we haven't done like a full rollout externally to clients, but we are using it internally to manage uh, some of our applicant flow as we're looking to kind of transition away from job science. So that's that's sort of in the works right now. Um, I think you put me into uh, contact with XREF. I think it was oh, XREF. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've got I've got a call with him next week. Um, we've also got a demo for XOR, which I believe helps oh, with nice. automating some processes within our ATS. Um, and then I also talked to um, someone at uh, Atabotics about Lever. And so um, just taking a look at Lever, because it looks like there's some automation that is built into it from a sourcing perspective. Mm. So things like, you know, going out to market and being able to actually you know, push out a job posting to Ahmed's point, you know, you can't just post a job and expect that people are going to apply. So it, my understanding is that actually goes out to the market, helps scrape um, various job sites and social sites, and then brings back some of the top candidates. So that's something that uh, we want to take a look at. But I, I do share a lot of the same sentiments as, as Kim, because, you know, at the end of the day, um, as you know, regardless of the technology that you have, we are a people business. And I think Ahmed spoke to the fact that, you know, clients are looking for soft skills. So I think one of the challenges that clients are going to face right now in this market is that, yes, there is a lot of candidates on the market, but it is very time consuming to go out and sift through all of those resumes. Because to Mm -hmm. Ahmed's point, you look at a resume, you don't know that person's personality necessarily. So I think that's where, you know, we as agencies are really going to be able to come in and offer that as a value add to say, 
we're trying to save you some time. We've interviewed these candidates, especially if it's a high volume recruit where they may have to talk to, you know, several hundred candidates just to get a few top candidates with the right soft skills. So mm-hmm. I, I do share the same sentiments there. So I, I appreciate it, Catherine. So myself and um, Shelly have had several disagreements in our last episodes on some of the technology that's leveraged and one that we disagree I, I think I'm getting Shelly on side, um, but it's not is on pre-recorded video interviews. And when you talk about how long it takes and to get a sense of their soft skills, have any of you thought of leveraging pre-recorded video interviews? I don't mean a Zoom interview. I mean basically, it's it's the user can go on any time. The questions come on your screen. Notice the word he used: the user. <laughs> yeah, these aren't humans; these are users. Well, and users are human. And do a countdown. No, users. Call them well, users. users are humans, right? Like, oh, uh, See? So. See? Now you're, you're ju- you are just trying to get me going. Well, you started but, I mean, with honestly, users. Like, honestly. Anyway. Does it have, have, gonna, but have any of you, like so seriously, have any yes, of you have thought? Any, any of you thought about it? So I'm not sure. Oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Amit. We're actually launching a. I have a pilot starting next week. I don't know what the platform's called with Manpower Corp, um, and it's the same thing. It's a virtual interview that you can actually do assessments as you're interviewing the that individual. I won't call him a user. I don't like that word either. Oh, so I'll call thank him a, you. I, I like the tool. The word might have to change, but uh, so I'll agree with both of you. I'll agree this, you know, with both of you. Um, but we're launching a pilot next week, virtual recruitment. Um, I think these last three months recruitment has changed so much where the world of work is always changing. And even with now with COVID, it's changing even quicker because you have to get adapted to what's happening. Um, so the virtual tool um, I think is going to be a lot more popular going forward. And we have a pilot launching next week. I'm not sure the platform's called, but I'll get that for you guys after. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't used it, so I can't speak on how it works yet, but apparently it's got the functionality to be able to, as your interview and ask all the interview questions, get their reference check information and provide assessments while you're on that con- that call with them. Yeah, I, I've used a similar tool in that sense that uh, we do a lot of code challenges or whatever the case is, and we can actually draw it into the physical interview and then it becomes live. They can answer on a whiteboard or whatever the case exactly, is. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Definitely mm-hmm. see the value behind it. Any, anyone else? I'm assuming you're going to say no. Uh, <laughs> I've I'm looked at <laughs> I've looked at HireVue before. I mean, I think it has its place. Most of the the types of roles that we work on are mid to senior level positions. So, to mm-hmm. be quite frank with you, I guess I've always just had the view that you know people that are applying for those types of roles mm-hmm. they might not be comfortable with it, or it might be I don't know, like it's outside of their their comfort zone. But I think with COVID now, quite frankly. I mean, to Ahmed's point, again, technology has to, you know, we have to adapt and we have to change. And now we're doing everything over computer. So to take it to that step and integrate that into our interview, I don't think it's that far of a step now. So it might just be pushing us into that. It's interesting you say that because I actually only leverage uh, pre-recorded video interviews for my high-end talent. Um, really? And it's part of our overall process. And just to clarify to anyone, I don't believe it should be the first screening. I think you should always have a human conversation before yeah. you give them this experience. But I think this has a lot of value and the ability to showcase that person to other hiring managers to see, okay, 
they might have the soft skills, but what's your thoughts, Kim? Where's your head with that? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm like bringing head hunting back. So that was sort of my whole theory with Verve. And so I'm not doing a lot of reactionary recruiting that way where I'm, I don't post roles. Um, I will post them out to my network, which I know you touched on, but I'm not using job boards at all because my whole, I guess, business practice is about me approaching candidates. And so my recruitment process is going to be a little bit different that way where I don't know that it would fit at this time. I'm, I'm not against it. Um, I don't have like strong feelings. I just, for me in the way that I'm recruiting, it just wouldn't fit. Right I love now. it. Make headhunting great again. It should yeah. be. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make a hat. Yeah, I'll we'll get you a red hat. You can oh, awesome. Awesome. So, um, Kim, I'm wondering if, uh, I, so I'm going to switch to a, another topic here because um, I think you were onto something I'd like to hear a little bit more about. Um, you know, when you talk about your whole philosophy and your practice, you know, it's one thing to say you do things differently, but I just heard clear evidence that you're, that you are actually doing something differently. So, you know, can you talk to me, like when you started Verve, um, did you, was your choice to look at specialization? Like, was that part of it to go deep in a certain vertical or deep in a certain job family? Like kind of share with us a bit about your thinking of, of specialization kind of uh, I mean, Why? I think my wheelhouse, my definite wheelhouse is, is in that corporate space. So anything that will live in your corporate office, when we start getting into really technical engineering, IT roles, those people are too smart for me. <laughs> so, uh, you have to really be embedded in IT specifically. And Serge, I know you're experiencing that now. Like it's almost like an underground market for IT professionals. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be really embedded in IT to recruit in IT. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, um, in my ideal world, when I only think about my business plan and how I would think I'd be the best value to clients as a third party is that I would have you know, 20 to 25 clients that I work with where I do all of their recruitment. Because I think back to what Ahmed said is that companies are looking for that culture fit. And so, I mean, matching a skill set to a skill set is pretty straightforward if you've been in recruitment for any given time. It's mm-hmm. finding those nuances of people's personalities, their goals, um, and all of those pieces, I think that that really is where I can add value. So, Sure, I can, you know, take your job description, but, you know, for me to be always thinking about my clients and going, this person would be perfect for you and be able to speak to why and how they'd align from a culture perspective. That's, I think, you know, for me, what I wanted to do with Verve was to be able to be that culture, almost recruiter versus just, I'm going to fill your accounting roles. Mm -hmm. So then are you, when you say office though, did or like the corporate roles, were you specific to a job family or um, like no, are, is it accounting essentially? Or I'll do accounting, administration, HR, okay. sales. So anything that would live typically in your corporate head office is where okay. I'm best networked, I guess. Got it. Got it. Okay. So um, over to you, Catherine. Um, overall, what do you see as a trend in specialization? I know you, you and we touched on it here at the beginning of the call as well, um, you know, for industry specific or job family specific kind of what are you seeing as a trend? 
For sure. So, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you know, our philosophy around recruitment is similar to Kim in, in the sense that, you know, we're really looking to match people to a culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but the focus for us has been anything that is a technical resource within the energy space. So for us, that's quite diversified. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we often get energy resourcing, you must just recruit for oil and gas. So it's something that we've talked a little bit about from a branding perspective. So we're going through that exercise right now with WJ. But um, in terms of the areas that we focus on, it's really quite broad because we work with clients in everything from EPC to oil and gas, nuclear, mining, um, ag tech, emerging technologies, nanotechnologies. So it's, it's quite broad, mm-hmm. um, but we try not to dilute that too much by getting into kind of to Kim's area where we get into a lot of recruitment where it would be focused on uh, accounting and finance and administration. We typically don't work in that space. If a client said to us, we really need some help and you know we have a good relationship with them, we might help them out or we might partner with someone like him. But um, our focus is technical resources. And we're finding that that is helping us build those pipelines and be proactive. Mm-hmm. Most of the recruitment that we do, because it's um, that mid to senior level role and it's a technical uh, niche market, Sometimes the roles that we're recruiting for, especially in nuclear, there might only be two resources in all of Canada or North America. So we're certainly, we're not finding those candidates from ads. It's through our networking and and reaching out and the old fashioned headhunting. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So Ahmed, tell us a bit about um, where's manpower at? Because I know, I mean, manpower, I I don't know if they still are, but I certainly know that in, in the past, they are like the world's largest employer. So is that still the case? We're like definitely man- one, of the, one of the biggest for sure uh, in the mm-hmm. world. We're a global company. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to uh, Alberta, we've been here for 60 years. Yeah. Uh, we have a bunch of different verticals. Obviously, we're, we're most known for our, our blue collar, our traditional side of the business we like to yeah. call it. So our industrial, our skilled trades, construction, warehousing. Um, we've diversified our, our profile quite a bit, especially this last mm-hmm. probably, I'd say, five, 10 years. We've really incorporated the professional side, which is accounting, finance, IT, engineering. Um, we have an oil and gas division as well. Not uh, that crazy right now, but uh, our professional division is doing very, very well right now, especially in the IT sector. Um, and it's, it's new to us. It's relatively new to us in the grand scheme where the last five, 10 years has really been the big focus on that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's, and that we've, we've come to that because we know it's in demand right now. We have to kind of, diversify and adapt to the time. So we've kind of adapted and in the professional side of the business is very, very popular right now. Um, and we've created programs back to the whole thing of finding candidates, obviously networking, like everybody else has been saying, digital networking as well as physically networking um, is, is huge right now in finding candidates and actually creating talent as well. We're finding a lot of these IT specific roles, especially a lot of the, the skill sets needed aren't found in candidates in the market here so we're actually creating programs that are uh getting talent created for those roles so that's another area that's another way we're kind of finding people to fill these roles Mm. Mm. definitely interesting take so um i'm gonna go on to our last topic and this one i'm pretty passionate about and i don't want to insult anyone in the staffing industry listening right now but man, you guys suck at branding. Uh, like, uh, there's got to be a better way. So, and I'll <laughs> explain a little bit what I mean by that. Is like, oh, don't take it personally, though. No, it's but not you to guys you. suck. 
<laughs> I'm not saying you guys suck. I'm saying generally. The... <laughs> no, I know. I know, Serge. I'm just trying to. Well, maybe. Poke maybe. at you. I'm just yeah. trying to poke at you. Yeah, exactly. Maybe some on this call suck, but I just won't say that. Um, no. I'm, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, what I mean by branding sucks uh, is like little things. Even the job descriptions are, I, I don't know how many times I go through my LinkedIn feed and I see this like long-winded copy and pasted job description and uh, I'm ready to pull out my hair. In reality, there's got to be a better way of doing that. Um and, and really in how to differentiate yourself, I think staffing uses the normal channels in a way that it's like LinkedIn is the perfect example. They're not social. Uh, they're just blasting jobs out there. And no one on this call is doing that. I, I think I'm really impressed by uh, what Manpower has done with Ahmed, with your weekly videos that you release on the, the job market. Those types of things is is what I like to see. And I mm-hmm. would like to see um, staffing take a, a more... Um, I guess I guess a more innovative approach to branding, a more targeted approach to branding, and we're see, starting to see it. But overall, I'd like to get. Uh, I'll start with you, Ahmed. And obviously, at Manpower Alberta, you've done a lot on the branding side. You're putting out content that's really attractive. So, what's your overall thoughts? How can um, staffing companies brand themselves to differentiate themselves from the competition? Because there is a lot of noise in the staffing world in, in general. There's a lot of competitors. How do you stand out? Yeah, right now competition is uh, is craziness, but I love competition. I think competition is is the best the best thing out there. So I'm all for the competition. Um, our branding. I've been part of the. I've started a digital strategy at Manpower five years ago, and when I started that, I knew we had to get to that um, eventually. And and now we're at a point. It took us three, four, five years to get to the point we're at right now. Because like many others, I have no experience in the marketing back end. I have no education in the strategy of that so it's just been learn kind of learn as you go um for us our brand is we want to brand ourselves as the market experts as we know what's going on in the market for our target audience which is job seekers and employers so that's kind of our our overall strategy is is how do we market ourselves as the as the market experts hence why we post twice a day on all of our platforms um and it's all based on what's relevant in the market right now what's trending right now what can we speak on so we do a job report every month. Uh, we release tons of data and research and surveys. We release a talent shortage survey every year, which tells us, you know, what are the hardest jobs to fill? What percentage of employers in Canada have a hard time filling their roles, which for 2019, just so you're aware, is 48% of employers have a hard time filling their open roles right now. So half employers in Canada mm-hmm. cannot fill their open roles. Um, the hardest job to fill right now is number one is skilled trades, which is also a big surprise, but um, these are all things that we we pride ourselves on. We do tons of research. We just released the employment outlook survey two weeks ago. We get tons of media from that. So that kind of tells everybody what the next three months, what to expect from the hiring trends, which industries are hiring, which industries aren't hiring, um, percentage of companies looking to hire additionally. Um, the automation tech world, you know, we've done research on the whole automation robots, you know, robots are here to take our jobs. We've actually done research to find that robots don't take jobs. They take tasks. They actually create jobs. So these are things we do that uh, we pride ourselves on being the market experts and having this Intel and, and sharing this Intel with the world through our platforms. And in, in, in the most um, conversational way, you know, so that's why they have, we have these videos every week and, and whatnot. So we've invested a lot in our videos. I've got a full setup in the office now 
and uh, it's good. So that's that's kind of our brand is is make sure we understand our target audiences um, and, and pride ourselves on being the market experts and releasing relevant data of what's important in today's world of work. Yeah, and I love your videos. I think it really stands out when I see in my feed. I'll take a, a few seconds to listen to it. So it definitely, and that's what you're trying to attract in, in that sense. So you guys have been doing a really good job at Manpower Alberta. Yeah. Um, one of the person that uh, is, I think, one of the strongest personal brand uh, in the recruitment industry here, and obviously, um, Kim, since you started your own company, how, how do you work on branding? Do you see yourself as, as the brand of Verve? How are you differentiating? How are you trying to go to the market with Verve? Yeah, so for me, my brand, which has become a thing, which in the beginning was literally just me trying to be ethical and leading my business through my candidates and be approachable and be a person. And I, and I think that's something as a whole in recruitment that people need to work on. And when I look at, you know, larger organizations and where they might be missing the mark a bit is that they're focusing on the company brand. And really, I'm not reinventing the recruitment wheel. None of us are. I mean, I think there's certain things we might do different, but the general principles of recruitment are, are pretty much the same. And I, and I think if we ever hear feedback from other, it's, candidates or clients about, oh, I won't work with XYZ company. It's generally because of their experience with an individual. And so I think in focusing on the brand of, you know, your company is a bit of a, a side path you shouldn't be taking where really start highlighting your talent. Um, I can remember back in the day when I used to work at Rogers, when I was like a person at the counter um, and people would always come up to you and be like, why should I buy my phone here? And gosh, I was like young at this time, but I'd be like, cause I don't work at TELUS. I work here and I'm going to give you great service. And so I think really highlighting the talent that you have in your office, like who do people get to, to deal with? That's what people are going to be attracted to and why people will remember your organization and want to continue um, I think there's some, because of the transient nature sometimes of recruitment, companies are hesitant to encourage that type of personal branding within their team because the fear is, well, if they move on, then they're taking those clients with them and, and really not embracing on the right now going, how can we capitalize on this great talent we have working with us and, and everybody's going to get on with someone else, right? So going, you know, you may be attracting completely different types of candidates by really showcasing um, the people you have working there. And I think that's something that I've done um, is really put myself out in a really earnest way. I know that people, when they read their posts who know me go, I can hear you saying that because I speak off the cuff. I'm a little bit silly and that's not for everybody, but you know, it's allowed me to attract and work with people that really make my job enjoyable and allows me to do a really good job. So. Yeah, you've done an amazing job and I love that perspective. Um, so I'm interested, Catherine, on, on your end, as far as you talked to start, as far as um, your company, as far as energy resourcing group, and you're trying to, to expand into yeah. the, as far as in, in different verticals, different sectors. So how do you approach, 
how do you approach, I guess, rebranding yourself? You're in a little bit of a different situation. How do you approach that? Yeah, it's pretty exciting, actually. Um, the last you know, three, four months has been quite a whirlwind. Uh, as I mentioned before, we have a new CEO. Um, he's been fantastic to work with. He's based out of Australia. And so he's really empowered all of the leaders within the organization to um, really focus on what they're passionate about. So he's um, encouraged us all to uh, lead different uh, initiatives within the organization. And one of those is marketing and communications for Energy Resourcing Global. So uh, myself and our marketing coordinator, JC, uh, we're going to be tasked with totally rebranding, um, you know, developing our, you know, core values, mission, vision. We have those things right now, but really kind of honing in on that. And I love Kim's stance on, you know, people buy from people. And I couldn't agree more. Um, I think one of the things that we've agreed uh, as a team is that our website right now, we're not really showcasing who our talent is. And we've got some really fantastic, amazing people. I mean, everyone's going to say that. I'm a little biased, obviously. But you know, one thing that we're really proud of is the fact that we actually have really great tenure. The average person in our company, I think, has been with energy resourcing probably for five to 10 years. Wow. Um, so there, you know, we don't see that as much, you know, transient nature in the organization, because I think we've built a really good internal culture, but we haven't done a great job of pushing that out externally. So we're going to be working with WJ on, on rebranding. We're going to be going through several different uh, strategic planning exercises over the last, over the next six to 12 months and looking at launching a new website into next, uh, next 2021. Mm. So so Definitely. really excited about that. And uh, yeah, so stay tuned. I'll, I'll probably be picking your brain because it sounds like you've got lots of opinions on <laughs> on marketing and branding and, and Ahmed, Ahmed as well. So love it. I, yes, I have a lot of opinions on marketing. <laughs> so, uh, exciting. Uh, really exciting, Catherine. So this has been uh, a really cool conversation. Uh, it was really good to get everyone's perspective. I think the perspectives were a little bit different. Uh, but I think most of uh, most of it were pretty aligned, which is is good um, on that part. So, how about we? I, I just like to get a sense of where people can find you. So, Kim, where uh, where can people find you? Then all day, every day. All day. So, um, yeah, that's probably the best place. Um, I have a commitment that I will write back anyone who sends me a message. So, um, yeah, that's definitely a good place to reach me. I'll start uh, spamming you on LinkedIn, like 10 messages every hour. So you'll have to respond to each one according to your commitment here. So I can't wait. <laughs> Bring it. Perfect. Katrin, how about yourself? Yeah, I agree. LinkedIn. I'm on that place all the time. <laughs> I'm hanging out all the time. So exactly. yeah. And Ahmed, let me guess. Any, uh, any platform you can think of. I got uh, this bad boy right here. Um, and I got a bunch of other ones here, but, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, um, crisp live chat, you know, I can talk to you live time there. Um, the manpower, no, I'm going to try that out. I, I'm going to try yeah. it out. See if try it's it. 2 a.m. While, while we've been sitting here, my phone's been blasting the, the live chat. So I've got, I got a few to catch up on, but if it's not me, it's one of our team members or Randy. So it's, it's awesome. But the personal, my personal brand, as well as, and that's why I bring back to that point. It's important. People buy from people, your personal brand, as well as the company brand is super important, but, uh, on all the manpower platforms, I, I oversee all those as well as my own LinkedIn and whatnot. 
Wow. So you're everywhere, Ahmed. You got to be. In today's <laughs> world, you got to be. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, listen, this has been fantastic. Um, I'm, I was making, I, if you saw me looking down, I was making notes of um, there's some really great sound bites in here. So I, I want to thank you, Kim, for, for joining us. And Catherine, thank you very much. Ahmed, wonderful to meet you. Very impressive. Um, all three of you, super impressive. So with that, I want to thank you for joining us here on the Recruitment Flex. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so.